Thank you for listening to the podcast of Antioch Church, a Christian community in Bend, Oregon, being formed by the story of a God who is making all things new, including us. You can learn more at AntiochChurch.org. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, church, and welcome to week 11 of our lockdown liturgy, which is just crazy because none of us had any idea back in March that we'd still be doing this almost three months later now. But here we are, and uh, it's not over yet. And the truth is, it's probably still going to be a little while before we're able to start gathering in person again, because in addition to paying attention to what's happening at a county and state level, we're also asking the question, not just what's permissible, but what's beneficial? Like, what's the most ethical way to approach reopening? How can we best love our city, especially those who are most vulnerable? How can we make sure that we're part of the solution and not part of the problem? And the truth is, we just don't know all the answers to all these questions yet. But we do know that we're not going to be controlled by fear, but by truth and wisdom and love. So I just wanted to let you know that at least for now, we've got no plans to start gathering in person anytime real soon. Plus, our building is still in the demolition phase, so we're kind of homeless at the moment. Uh, Anyways, but I am really excited to get to share with you this morning, and I'm even more excited about next Sunday, which is Pentecost Sunday, the final day uh, of the church calendar. And so if you remember, starting all the way back in November, we've been following the historic Christian calendar, walking through uh, the church year, starting with Advent, through Christmas, into Epiphany, and Lent, and now we are on week six of the season of Easter, and next Sunday is kind of what it all culminates to in the week of Pentecost, and it's the day that Christians from all around the globe will be celebrating the gift of God, the Holy Spirit. So what we've got next week is a special digital liturgy in the works, and it's going to be a celebration Sunday with our two partner churches, Dios Esamor, Latino Fellowship, and Milal, Korean Fellowship. And we're going to have songs and scriptures and prayers from all three communities in all three languages. And we've got a special guest speaker coming who's going to be bringing us a word from another part of the world. So uh, we're also going to be trying out a new video format too. I'm excited about it and want to make sure that you join us next Sunday, May 31st for Pentecost Celebration Sunday. So today we are wrapping up our series on the red letters after the resurrection. We've been looking at some of the places in Luke and Acts where Jesus speaks post-Easter and post-Pentecost. And today we'll be in the book of Acts chapter 18. If you've got a Bible, uh, you can turn there with me. Now, as you know, the book of Acts is the sequel to the Gospel of Luke, and it tells the story of the first 30 years of Christianity. And really, the first half of the book, uh, we see Jesus giving his spirit to his people, Uh, empowering them to continue on his mission in the world. And this small group of disciples uh, begins to preach the gospel and to plant churches and congregations are established and the church is growing and expanding and thriving. 
But then, somewhere around chapter 16, things start getting a little bit more difficult, especially for the Apostle Paul. And so by the time we catch up with him in chapter 18, we see that he's banged up, beat down, worn out, and he feels like giving up. Which is a place that many of us have been. I know I have. When there's something you've been working towards, something you've been chasing, something you're holding on to, and you get to this place where you're just ready to quit. You hit the wall and you're done. Maybe it's something you really believe God's called you to, a specific path or project or posture, and it's just not going the way you thought it would. That's a really human moment, a raw moment, and even the Apostle Paul knew it well. So let's start in chapter 18 in verse 1. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Achilla, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue trying to persuade Jews and Greeks." Okay, so Claudius, who is the Roman emperor before Nero, has deported all of the Jews out of Rome, which is a pretty big deal. And so this Jewish couple, Priscilla and Aquila, they get deported from Italy and they go to modern day Greece to the city of Corinth. And Priscilla and Aquila are friends of Paul's. So Paul goes to Corinth and he ends up staying with them for a while, working together, ministering together. He's preaching the good news about Jesus in the synagogue uh, every weekend. And then in verse five, when Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Okay. So this group of Jews in Corinth, Paul's been preaching to them, trying to convince them that the Messiah they've been so desperately waiting for has already come in Jesus, but they won't hear it. They won't believe it. They begin to get angry and abusive. And finally, Paul just goes, I'm done with you guys. If you don't want to listen, fine. I'm trying to save your lives But if you're just going to keep mocking me and beating me, then I'm out of here. So he shakes his clothes. He's kind of washing his hands of them. And he says that he's done with them. In verse 7 and 8, Paul gets the opportunity to lead this Corinthian family to Christ. But at this point in the big story, he's just kind of done and ready to quit. And it's not just this thing with the Jews. It's like everywhere he goes, something goes wrong. And the dude is just worn out and beat up. He keeps getting arrested, thrown in jail, threatened, abused. And he finally comes to this place where he's just done and wants to quit. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been there. I've had moments when I felt like There was this thing that God had called me to, and it's just going way worse than I thought it would. 
And maybe I was really excited at first, but then after a while, it's just not going the way I expected. And I get to this place where I feel like quitting. Um, for me, I've been a pastor for 22 years now, since I was 18. And very rarely have I ever questioned that this is what God has called me to do. But I can't even begin to count the number of times that I felt like quitting. I love being a pastor, and specifically Antioch, I love being your pastor. But sometimes it's a pretty rough gig. I saw a recent study by the Schaefer Institute that found that 70% of pastors battle depression. 70% say that they don't have a close friend. 80% say that being in ministry has negatively affected their families. And therefore, 80% of seminary and Bible school trained pastors leave the ministry within their first five years. So pretty much all the statistics about pastors' health, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, relational, financial, they're all bad. Um, sometimes when I come home at the end of a long day of ministry, I'm so exhausted. And I walk in and Jen and I have this joke and she goes, are you sure you don't want to just go be a plumber or something? <laughs> Now, I'm not sharing all this to complain or to get sympathy. I'm just saying that all of us have times when we feel like giving up on the thing that God has called us to. And for those who are watching right now, maybe even today, you're feeling tempted to quit. To quit trusting God with a certain part of your life. To quit following God and the direction that he's been leading you. Or maybe you're even tempted to quit church or quit believing the Bible or even quit being a Christian altogether. Sometimes it sounds pretty nice just to walk away from it all and go do our own thing. I know I've been there. The temptation to quit is a fully human experience. So the question is, what does Jesus have to say to us when we feel like giving up? Let's look at the red letters starting in verse 9. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack or harm you, because I have many people in this city. And so there's Paul. It's the middle of the night. He's lying there on Priscilla and Aquila's couch, staring at the ceiling, exhausted, but he can't sleep, and he's just done. He feels like quitting. But then he has this vision, and Jesus speaks to him. And what does Jesus tell Paul? Well, first, he says this. Don't be afraid. Did you know that this is the most often repeated commandment in the scriptures? God tells his people to fear not or to be not afraid 365 times in the Bible. 
one for every day of the year. God knows that underneath this temptation to give up, to quit, to walk away, always lies this thing called fear. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of losing love or respect or comfort, fear of missing out, or the fear of wasting the one life we've got. And when we feel like giving up, Jesus invites us to ask the hard question, what am I afraid of? Notice that Jesus doesn't say, don't feel afraid. He says, don't be afraid. We're all going to have times in our lives when we feel afraid, and that's okay. But Jesus is saying, don't let your fear control your life. And especially when you're thinking about quitting or when you're facing major life decisions. Name those things you're afraid of and bring them to Jesus. And so the first thing that Jesus would say when we feel like giving up, is don't be afraid. Let me and not your fears guide you. The next thing Jesus says is keep on speaking. Do not be silent. In other words, keep going. If Paul were crashing on my couch and he just kept getting beat up and thrown in jail and everyone hated him and no one was listening to him, I know what I would tell him. It's an easy answer. I would say, Paul, just stop. Stop preaching. Just shut up and everyone will leave you alone. Go be a plumber or something. Like it's pretty simple, isn't it? But that's not what Jesus tells him. Jesus tells him to keep speaking, to keep doing the thing that he's called to do. Don't give up just because it's hard. God knew it was going to be hard. And he called you to it anyway. So keep going. I know that sometimes that's all I need to hear. The simple affirmation that I'm on the right track, that I'm doing a good job, that I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And that's what Jesus has to say. Don't quit. Keep going. Keep trusting. Keep believing, keep serving, keep going to church, keep loving your neighbors, keep working for justice, keep caring. It's easy to say, but Jesus doesn't just say don't give up. He also tells us why we don't have to give up. Verse 10 starts with the word for, which is another way of saying because. For, don't give up, for or because I am with you. Don't be afraid. Keep going. I'm with you. And here we have, at least for me, probably the most comforting and powerful words I could ever hear Jesus speak. Because we know that God doesn't promise that our life is going to be easy. But he does promise that he's going to be with us. So, so many times when we feel like quitting, when we're facing opposition or loss or disappointment, sometimes we start feeling like maybe God's left us or maybe we've left him. And it kind of seems like maybe Paul felt that way too. 
I mean, we're in chapter 18 in Acts. When's the last time Paul heard any red letters? It was way back in chapter 9. It's been nine chapters since Jesus spoke to Paul. But now, just when Paul needs it, Jesus speaks and assures him that he's been there with him the whole time. That the presence of trouble in Paul's life doesn't mean the absence of Christ. So anyone who tells you that following Jesus is going to save you from a difficult life is selling you an imaginary Jesus. The real Jesus said things like, in this world, you will have troubles, but to take heart because he's overcome the world. So when we feel like God's far away, Jesus assures us that he's here. He's closer than we think, and he's not going anywhere. So don't be afraid. Keep going. I'm with you. The last thing that Jesus tells Paul is that he has many people in that city. You're not alone. So many times we tend to think that we are the only one who's ever gone through what we're going through. That we're the only one that this has ever happened to. We're the only one who cares about this or has struggled with that or has asked this question or has faced that challenge. Sometimes the reason we want to quit is because we only see a small part of the picture. But Jesus sees the whole picture. I have many people in this city. Jesus has people everywhere. People who have been through it all. People who know what it's like. Jesus is telling Paul that he doesn't have to do it by himself. That he's not on his own. That he can lean into others. That he can ask for help. Jesus is telling Paul that he needs to learn how to need other people. And for some of us today, that's the word we need to hear from Jesus too. Reach out, open up, invite others in. Maybe that means just calling a friend, or maybe it means seeking professional help. This, for me personally, may have been the biggest thing that I've learned in my struggles with ministry and depression and discouragement over the years. It's the simple fact that I need other people. I need to learn how to ask for help. I need people who don't need anything from me. I need friends and I need to be able to trust myself to others. Don't be afraid. Keep going. I'm with you. You're not alone. These are the words that Jesus speaks to Paul. And then what happens? In verse 11, Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. 
Paul doesn't give up. He keeps on going. And a year and a half is a long time for Paul to stay in one place, which tells me that these red letters were exactly what he needed. We know that these years of ministry ended up being some of the most fruitful of Paul's life. So sometimes in the moments we feel like giving up, Jesus' kingdom is breaking in in ways that we don't even know. So Antioch, may you hear the words of Jesus today. Don't be afraid. Keep going. He's with you. You're not alone. Love you guys.